Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good word. Praise the Lord. Let's try that one more time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, I'm going to pray one more time, and we're going to get into the Word here. Um, we were going to start a new series, but I really felt compelled this week to, to really focus in on this Word uh, that I believe God is speaking to us, maybe just as a church, but I, I believe that it's just a season that we're walking through um, as, a, as a nation, even as the world, especially with what's been transpiring the last few months. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Um, we are pressed down, but not forsaken. Um, life can get really tough, but we're victorious. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, allow your word. It's your word, Father. I pray that your word would go forth today. Open our hearts, open our ears to hear, our eyes to see. Um, Lord, as we've been singing already so much this morning, and every word, every testimony, every prayer has been lifting you up because we have nothing to fear. And Lord, I just pray that you just, again, minister to us in these next few moments. Touch me, anoint me, use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Many of you probably have heard the, the joke, Many pastors use this. A lot of communicators use this. But um, if my wife were in here this morning, she would just be uh, blowing kisses. But that would be code for keep it simple, stupid. Okay? So I'm going to try to keep this as simple this morning as we can. Um, and it's not that it's a deep word, but listen, it's, it's a pretty in-your-business word. I need this to hit home for all of us today. Um, have, you, have you ever wanted something to change, but not, were not necessarily willing for something to change? I know a lot, of, a lot of strong leaders in this room, and you already know to get from point A to point B is straight line, boom. You, you do whatever you have to do to get there. But do you know anybody that would be like, well, I know we have to get there, but let's just play it by ear know anybody like that let's just see what happens and we'll let's go left for a while and we'll see okay we know we know but what does it mean I, I look at what we've been going through here in our nation the last few weeks and, and please I really have prayed for me not to sound cynical to be realistic we want to be caring we want to be careful but there's a, there's a part of me that thinks um, we are seeing the world and the fear that really does exist in the world come to fruition. Um, I think it's incredibly humorous that um, the basic guidelines that they're asking us to follow, wash your hands, and they even said for children to tell them to wash their hands, and while they're washing their hands, sing happy birthday twice. That means they've washed their hands long enough. Now, that's a good thing, but we tell our children to do that to fight the common cold, right? 
So we've been telling, we've been hearing, and it's been put on every channel almost like it's brand new news. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stay away from people. Give them six feet distance. That's a good westernized, you know, that fits well in America anyway. We like our space, amen? Um, those are very common things. But I just want to read, and I read this the other day and thought it was pretty humorous. You've heard this on television, I'm sure. But with the coronavirus and all this basic information, do you know what has sold off the shelves from every store? Toilet paper. Now, why? There's a psychological reason behind this. Here's what they say. People resort to extremes when they hear conflicting messages. Now again, my, my, my theme this morning is, are we willing to do what it takes to get where God is taking us? And when they talk about conflicting messages, I'm not going down this line too long, but we live in a culture that has embraced your truth and whoever else wants to have a truth, everybody gets to have a truth. And when everybody has their own truth, get to have your own story which means you get to have your own fear and when there's enough conflicting messages going on and we're not going to touch politics today but when there's enough conflicting messages going on people resort to extremes Uh, a second reason some are reacting to the lack of clear direction from officials makes sense number three is very obvious panic buying begets panic buying have you ever been someplace and just started looking up? You're not even looking at anything. You're just looking up. A crowd will gather. And you start looking up. And the next thing you know, there's people around you looking up in the air. Try it this week. It really happens. You know why? We're not, we're not all, we're, we're slightly off. That's why. And when we see somebody else doing it, don't look around. When we see somebody else doing it, we got to do it too. So if somebody's buying a lot of toilet paper, something's going on. Get some toilet paper quick. That's exactly what happened. Uh, the, an, another reason, very quickly, this is not my sermon this morning. I'm just setting you up. It's natural to want to over-prepare. Now, we don't know what we're preparing for. We just get a lot of it. Uh, too much toilet paper will not help you overcome the coronavirus. But you're prepared. Here's the real reason. Ready? We want to feel like we're in control. So when life feels out of control, we do the thing that makes us feel in control, even if it's toilet paper. We just buy a lot of it because you can see it. It's there. It's stacked all over the house. Now, that may be a little silly, but here's how it ties into the Scripture this morning. In John chapter 6, chapter 5, I'm sorry. In John chapter 5, Jesus has just come from Galilee. The Bible tells us that there's a feast taking place in Jerusalem. It's not clear if it was the feast of Passover or the Feast of Pentecost. But we know that he was going to Jerusalem to go worship, and and this happens to take place on the Sabbath. 
and I just want to start reading there at chapter uh, chapter 5 verse 2 now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda which has five roof colonnades and in these lay a multitude of invalids blind lame and paralyzed one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there he knew that he had already been there a long time and he said to him do you want to be healed other translations say do you want to be whole do you want to be well it's very holistic it's not just about a physical healing it's do you want to be sound do you want life to make sense and the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And if you'll notice, even on our slides and in most of your translations, verse 4 is just omitted. They don't, even, they don't even recalculate the scriptures. There's just no verse 4. Because in the middle, in, in most uh, earlier translations, that verse 4 simply said this. And every once in a while, an angel would come and stir the waters and they would be able to get in and be healed. Now, I'm, I'm going to mess some of you up theologically real quick, but I seem to do that every Sunday. Um, that verse was not left out because they don't believe in healing. They left out because actually what that verse is requesting re, re, uh, that we understand is this. They had superstitions. And that their superstitions allowed them to say, when that spring would bubble the angel is and they would run to the pool to try to get into the pool because word was out that you could be healed the problem is not many people were being healed lives weren't being changed now, that doesn't encourage you because we always hear this passage be about healing you're by the pool you're trying but just listen I'm, I'm, I really want to take you on this journey Jesus comes to him and says, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? And he says, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And then at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now, before I go on uh, to the rest of this passage, I, <clears throat> I want to break this down for you. And I, I know uh, I don't want to insult your intelligence. You just heard me read the passage, but I want you to get this in your eye, mind's eye this morning. The Bible first tells us that when Jesus was walking by, this man who had been an invalid for 38 years, and Jesus was walking by, and the Bible says, and Jesus saw him and that he knew he had been there. Now here's what this tells me. First of all, this is not the first and or the last time Jesus ever walked this trail. Jesus had walked this way many times before. The Pool of Bethesda is north of the Temple Mount, north of the Temple in Jerusalem. Jesus was coming from Galilee. He passed this place many, many times. And I can see in my mind's eye 
Jesus saw the many needs, and he probably saw this man sitting there every time he passed by. I mean, Corey referenced it a little bit this morning, talking about Marcia. If, if this man had been an invalid for 38 years and Jesus was not quite 33, that means Jesus potentially saw him many, many times in his life. That means that God in the flesh was able to see that somebody had a need many, many times. But there's something different about this because in many cases when there's a healing, someone is coming to Jesus and someone is saying, please heal me. Would you please, if Jesus, if you're willing. But in this case, Jesus goes to him. And he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, what are you still doing here? Do you want? Do you really want this? Now, that's what we don't like. It puts it in our court. It, it puts, like we have to somehow earn something. Like we have to, see, because let me, let me tell you a few reasons why this guy starts making excuses pretty quick. I'm an invalid, Jesus. That's, that's why. Of course I do. But he doesn't even say I'm willing. He says I can't get to the water. I, I, I try, but I don't have anybody to help. Uh, and and I've, I've, I've really tried, but it, there's been a few times when I get really close I'll get close to the break, breakthrough. I'll, I'll get close to what I feel is going to be powerful. I'll even almost be one foot in the water. And somebody cuts me off. Jesus, if people weren't so rude, I'd have this taken care of. If I could just get some special attention, I, I, I'd be fine. But nobody wants to help me, Jesus. And I'm all by myself. And as soon as I get close enough, Somebody cuts me off. Sound familiar? First of all, this is going to be the most applicable message you've ever heard in your life. I, I, I love it when, when we have deep, deep Bible studies, but listen, the, the Word of God speaks to every area of your life. The Bible speaks to every area of your life. And it's not the parts of the Bible that we don't understand that get us. It's the parts that we already really do understand and we just don't want to do them. That was good. You just not acting like it. So here's, here's what's happening here. Jesus approaches this man, and he, he says, don't you want this man? Don't you want to be whole? Don't you want to be healed? Jesus, I keep getting cut off. Things just don't work out my way. I, I, I've been like this a long time, Lord. And listen, in this man's defense, very quickly, how many have been going through a struggle so long it's become the new norm? You've been going through a struggle so long and life has been unfair. People have cut you off that you, you don't give up. You just stop showing up. You don't give up on God. You just stop asking Him like He really could. You stop praying like there can be a breakthrough. Um... The reality is this. Jesus is still passing by. And this morning, he's not just passing by those of us who may have been standing or sitting or moping or pouting 
in the same position for 38 years. But it's even to the person who may have been struggling for the last two weeks. He, he is not a, he, he is not the type of God that looks at you and decides, no, he needs to suffer a little bit more. You determine that. Hello, that's a good amen right there. Pastor, what do you mean we determine that? I have found that in my walk with God, my success in Jesus Christ is not based on if he will, it's if I will. It's not based on if God can, it's if I will let him. And I've also found that anybody ever pray like this, Lord, I'm going to stay right here till you fix that. I'm going to pray, I'm not getting up, I'm not going to do anything. There you go. You're not doing anything. Reminds me of the old story. A lady was living across from a, a strip club. And she just prayed and prayed for God to shut that down. And she prayed and prayed. And she had a good friend of hers that would come and visit. And she would hear her cry out to God. And she would pray, Lord, shut that strip club down. And then woke up one night and the strip club was on fire. Her friend came in the next day and she said, that strip club burned it down. I, I prayed for God to close it down. She said, yeah, and the Lord used me to answer your prayer. I burned it down. Now, please, don't go out and do something stupid, okay? Here's what I am saying. A lot of us stay on our knees, but don't have faith that God will really do it through you. So we stay as invalids in our faith. We stay crippled by our circumstances. And instead of allowing our circumstances just to be that, circumstances, we allow them to direct our lives. And what Jesus does, now this is powerfully important. Jesus says, get up, take up your mat, and walk. Now I think Jesus is setting this guy up because it's the Sabbath. Because the very next scripture, if we kept reading in there, it's not on PowerPoint, sorry, Mike. The very next scripture says the religious leaders get bent out of shape. Why? Because you're not supposed to be doing anything on the Sabbath. He's carrying his mat. Now, if you really study the Sabbath and what we should be doing on the Sabbath, it's primarily meant for us not to be doing anything for ourselves for gain. In other words, me trying to make more money, working more one day a week. I could, if, you know, I know we need to rest, but if I just work a little bit harder, God will bless me. No, God is saying have the kind of faith that, that doesn't need you, and God will take care of it. But the rest of the week, you should be working. Now, what am I trying to say? These religious leaders come to them because they have their own rules that they want you to follow. People are always going to have a plan for your life. And they approached this man, and, and they simply said, what are you doing? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? Now, I want you to picture in your mind here. I, I'm, I'm telling a little story this morning. I want you to picture in your mind this man who has been healed on the outside, but nothing's changed on the inside. God has given him what he wanted, but it never was what you think it is. God healed him. Take up your bed and walk. 
And how do we know this? Because the first thing out of his mouth was, the guy that made me better is the one who told me to do this. That's called blame. It's not my fault. I, 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 I was told to do this. Don't blame it on me. It's the guy who healed me. Don't blame it on me. He, he didn't say, guys, come on, wake up. I've been, a, I've been an invalid for 38 years. I just met a man named Jesus who set me free. Uh, you don't want me to carry this mat on, on the Sabbath? Get a life. Uh, what, what, what happens, though, is we, instead of rising up in who God has created us to be, we cower back down. There's a lot of reasons for that. I mentioned this briefly last week. But most of us make about 60,000 decisions a day. And if you're like me, you forget most of them. That's why I'm glad breathing is involuntary. It just happens. I would forget to breathe, I think, sometimes. And I know it's hard to get our minds around 60,000 decisions. I didn't come up with that, by the way. But here's what's important about that. Out of those decisions, 96 to 98% of them you will make without even really thinking about it. How in the world am I doing that based on all of your life experiences? Based on how you were raised? Based on positive experiences, negative experiences? See, from a very young age, you start deciding how you feel about things. From a very young age, you start deciding how you feel about people, how you feel about situations. Hate's not, hate's not, uh, you don't born hating people. You're, you learn. And so by the time we're teenagers, even before then, but by the time we're teenagers and young adults, we already know how to make decisions that quick based on how our minds have been formed and our lives have been shaped for years. Now just think for a minute. Here's a man that's finally walking after 38 years. I really don't expect him to think clearly. I really don't expect a brand new person who's been broken and crippled for 38 years to jump up and be running with the rest of us. So I don't fault him for this because we're just like him. When something happens, we want to just blame things. But now, as soon as he starts blaming, and, and please just hear me when I say this, the Bible says Jesus slipped through the crowd. And in the very next verse, it says Jesus met him on the other side of the temple. It wasn't an ambush. But Jesus just walked up to him and says, hey, you're still looking pretty good. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Or how you'll end up will be worse than how you started. Now why is that powerful? Well, now that immediately tells me this guy was not always an invalid. I know this goes hand in hand with a lot of folks' belief in that culture that if you had something wrong with you, it was probably because of sin. No. Some people, there's things that happen to them and, and, and their physical issues that they didn't cause that by sin. But how many of you understand what it is to have to face the consequences of sin? You see, because of sin, some of us get put in a position where we're cornered for life. 
because of sin it might not be physical but emotionally you're bound and for years you're just living in this bondage and you're living in this guilt and living in this shame and living in this frustration and on the outside you look fine you're walking fine on the outside everything looks good but on the inside you're a wreck on the inside you're you're blaming you're making excuses now I'm not talking about works and salvation on this guys I'm talking about transformation listen to what Romans 12 chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says and you know this I, I, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God you know what pool of Bethesda means mercies I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him that is your reasonable the least you can do is surrender the least Lord tell me what I need to do for you Jesus give me something great surrender Lord I need something where there'll be more spotlight please die die let the world see what it looks like to use a dead man let the world look, look at what it looks like to use a woman of God who has given herself away to him and she does she or he doesn't care about reputation they don't care about what the world thinks about them and see we always still position ourselves in our mind when we think about that I'm not trying to pick on anybody when I say this but somehow we're going to end up in a light listen take my word for it it's not what it's all cracked up to be here's what I'm talking about if I'm wrestling with something am I am I willing to face it even though it may be known and, and I don't have to hang my laundry out there but I'm, am I willing to go get help for it am I willing to deal with my stuff am I willing because see if I'm not willing I haven't surrendered and I'm walking hello I'm walking I even look like I'm making sense sometimes but inside I'm a wreck inside I'm in bondage inside I'm living in shame and guilt and fear and that's all this guy was doing why because the only way he could get through life at this point and then that's can you imagine five minutes of your life and we're hearing how much of a wreck he was and you say you want to be in the Bible I'm glad they haven't used me in the Bible <laughs> I'd be the one-minute wreck. Somebody say amen. Here's, here's what I see Jesus doing, though. Jesus wasn't condemning him when he said, listen, stop sinning. Because if you think you can experience my blessings without following me, you're not miserable yet. If you think that you can come and, and give me praise with your lips but, but your hearts are far from me you don't understand that your life is never really going to add up to anything that even if you do have some semblance of success you'll feel like a miserable loss that whenever you touch things and, and they have some type of blessing to it it just goes right through your fingers that you try to take two steps forward but it seems like you're always three steps back she would say something positive 
here's, here's the positive. What Jesus is saying is, I want to bless you. I just told you, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But when you start walking, make sure it's right behind me. We've, we've heard the term, dust of the rabbi. When the rabbis would walk on the dusty roads of Jerusalem and back and forth to Galilee, their disciples, their students, would follow so closely that as their sandals would kick up dust behind them, it would be on the student. I wonder if we live close enough to Jesus that people can tell he's rubbed off. I wonder if I, um, if I stay close enough to Jesus, can they, can they smell his scent? Now, I can say this this morning because my wife's upstairs. I can talk real big when she's upstairs. But you know who keeps me close to Jesus? My wife. And I hate it. Because she's right. Every, everything she says, she's right. And it ticks me off. But that's, I think that's how spouses work, right? We tick each other off. That's where I, where I was going with that. Here's, here's what happens. Um, they see the best of us and they see the worst of us. And, and God uses them in a pretty profound way. But here's, here's how God works in my life, but I don't believe it's just me. I believe it needs to be all of us. And that is, when I stay in His Word, that's how I know she's right. Because His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And if you read Romans, the rest of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, present yourselves a living sacrifice, your reasonable servant. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You get into the Word. You get into the Word. You get into the Word. Um, I was talking about this a few moments ago, that, that we make decisions based on how we used to think, how we were raised, what we were taught. In other words, everything that goes in your mind, it starts to condition you. There, I believe there needs to be a holy dis, uh, a reconstruction, a transformation of our minds. Now, I'm saying this because I really feel like this message is for today, for our culture, for us, because if we're not careful, we just buy into the thinking of our culture. We buy into the fear of our culture. Now, I'm, please, I am not saying that we should not use wisdom. It's already been said many times. If you're sick, I would like to talk to you after church on why you're here. From a distance, but why are you here? And this, well, Pastor, I thought we believed in healing. Jesus has sent His Holy Spirit. He's everywhere. You could have stayed home and prayed. I'll go to your house and pray with you. But for you to come and get all the babies sick, okay? So we, we know, we know. Use wisdom, right? So I'm not talking about not using wisdom. I'm talking about what happens when the world starts seeing people. Yes, using wisdom, but walking out the kind of faith that says, yeah, we're being careful of the coronavirus, but I'm still trying to deal with this stuff in my life. See, I got this virus on the inside. 
that's eating me alive. And I won't, I won't deal with it. And see, we're not still waiting on a vaccine for that. There is one. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Now, I, see, here, here's how some of us pray, and believe it or not, I'm closing. Here's how some of us pray if we're not careful. Lord, here I am. Cleanse me. Get me walking again, Lord. And what he's saying is, really? Are you willing? Do you do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Because it's not about if he can, it's if I will. Now can I just lay out very quickly what that needs to look like. If there's something that I know I should be doing, start doing it. I've heard this from I've heard this from a lot of people in different times throughout ministry and I've even heard it in myself. Lord, if it's your will for me to be nice to that person, just let your Holy Spirit just come over me right now and make me nice. But Lord, if I hit them, I'll know it wasn't your will. Hello? And then they're calling the cops, and you say, well, it just wasn't the Lord's will. It just happened. Stuff happens. Let's pray for forgiveness. See, we, we pray that, but here's, <clears throat> here's what it needs to be. Lord, I know what your word says. And, and as we've been talking about prayer, if you really have been living this prayer out, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. In other words, Lord, I know I'm going to see that person today, this week, but in the name of Jesus Christ, you've given me the victory. Let the fruit of your Holy Spirit come over me, Lord, because I know that as I walk out your word and I am just intensely obedient to your word, you will make a way when there is no. I can love the unlovable. I, I can avoid things that, that if, I, if I'm not careful, I'll talk myself into how okay it is to go there. But when I'm staying in the Word of God, I'll know, don't, just don't go there. If, if I'm, I'm, I'm at odds with somebody, my spouse, whoever it may be, it's easy, I know you don't have this problem, but it's easy to allow things to fester. It's easy to allow things to start to build up and and you want to be spiritual, so you hold them down. Um, the reality is, what God wants you to do is let that stuff go. And, and it's not don't care about what people think because you're going to do what you want to do. It's don't care what people think because God's doing a work in you. And he who began that work will complete it. You see, some of us some of us in here are going to make the kind of personal stands that I'm talking about that when you start to walk it out, you're not going to really feel a whole lot of change here. But as you walk it out, as you just are obedient to God's word, as you are living it out, when you're faced with those dilemmas, um, had a pretty powerful conversation this last week. Had several conversations over the last several months. 
And they dealt with somebody being on a, a fork in the road. And some people think that in your spiritual walk with Christ, a fork in the road is a simple decision. No. Deuteronomy calls it this, life or death. Blessing or cursing. See, we're just like, well, I'm, I'm having to make a hard decision. No, don't even think about it like that. You're choosing life or you're choosing death. Well, things will work out in the end. Yeah, it's called death. You can't, you can't just do, you're not God. I'm not God. We sang about it this morning, right? It's his reign. It's his kingdom come, his will be done. And so when I, when I talk about this, I, I'm, I'm just simply saying, as you walk this out, it's not as difficult as we make it. When you walk out the doors today, you've got this idea of the coronavirus that you're going to see blown up all over the news, all over the media, and you have a choice. Live in fear or just be smart, use wisdom, hold your head up, and buy toilet paper. The, the, the bottom line is, what are you going to let control you? What are you going to let control you? Because the Holy Spirit is at work in our life, or He's not, guys. And, and Emily, if you'll please come, so I will pray. Here's, <clears throat> when I say, are you willing? Surrender. Transformation. A caterpillar doesn't create a cocoon and then try to survive. It has to totally surrender to the process. And, and I honestly don't even know if it's painful for the butterfly. But it is for me. I wish I could say that, that the, the growth that God has led me through I just woke up one day and I grew. It was amazing. No, every lesson that you and I learn is through pain. Pain. This isn't about trying to cause you pain. It's about knowing God is trying to take us to another level. God is trying to take you, your life, and it may look impossible, it may not even look probable, but can I tell you something? This will make sense to some of you. It won't look the same. It will not remotely look the same, but you'll be more powerful on the other side than you are right now. We pray for people. We release them to the Lord. But the reality is, you, can't, you cannot determine anyone else's decision but yours. So are you willing? Father, in my mind's eye, I see you just walking by this place this morning. And Lord, to every person that you have seen them sitting there year after year after year, when they could reach out to you or when they could walk out chain. They've tried it on their terms. They've tried it in their way. 
and they've just gotten used to the new normal. Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that as you walk through this room through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you ask us that question this morning that you asked this man over 2,000 years ago? Do you want this? Do you want to be whole? Not just walking, but do you want real peace with it? Not depending on your circumstances. Your circumstances might not change for a while, but do you want a peace that this world cannot explain? Are you willing? And Father, I just pray this morning that we stop making excuses. We stop trying to run the other way and we run to you. Not caring what the world may think. Lord, I just pray this morning that we begin to understand your Holy Spirit will never make us do anything. But as you lead, guide, and direct, when we follow after you, our lives are forever changed by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in your word. Lord, even today, let our thinking begin to change. Let our decisions begin to be focused on what saith the Lord, what you do, Lord, what you are capable of. And we'll just give you praise. Can we all stand together? <clears throat> We're going to close in just a moment. Believe me, we are incredibly cautious in moments like this. There's a lot of fear out there. But I want us to pray. If you have a special need, if you just need God to do something special in your life, this isn't about uh, just to feel good, guys. But there's something down inside of you that you know God has been trying to get for a long time. Can I just tell you it's time to let it go? <laughs> Stop blaming the past. It, it may have been the whole reason, but guess what? Today's a new day. Can I really speak some, some reality into everybody here? In the next five years, you may get the coronavirus. Just wanted to encourage you. But, but can I tell you, in the next two months, somebody's going to get the flu anyway. Somebody's going to get a cold. Somebody's going to hurt something. Somebody's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Those circumstances cannot decide for you how you're going to make decisions for the rest of your life. It's got to be based on something so much stronger than your feelings. His word is a rock built on it. Amen. I just want to pray with you. So as we're dismissing just a moment, those of you who need to go, we, we understand. But we're just going to be down here. We don't have to hug. Nobody's going to spit in your face. I'm being, I'm being serious. We're not going to get in your ear and scream. I just want to pray with you. Why? Because that's going to be your first step to saying, you know what? I don't care what people think. I need God to do a work in me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this day. Lord, as simple as this message has been, Holy Spirit, I pray that you are 
speaking into lives. Lord, I pray that you would just use us to be a light that shines in the darkness. But Father, help us to understand we've got to walk into the darkness. Help us to understand we, we need to live such surrendered lives that people see the light in us. God, I just pray that you would touch us. And Lord, those that are, are desiring a work, Father, I pray that they just lean heavy into you this morning. And Lord, as we pray and as we prepare, and Lord, as they prepare for that work that you are doing, let us realize that staying close to you, living in your word every day. Now, God, I just pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Protect us. Lord, we do. We pray for our world. We pray, Lord, all, all the precautions that everyone is taking. Lord, we, we pray that you just bless it. If they're going to do it, bless it. That this, that this disease would be, find its place, find its beginnings. Lord, find the cure, find the vaccine. And so we pray for safety. We pray for protection. Yes. But Lord, as, as we're moving through this as a nation and as the world, I pray that you even now let us shine in the darkness. Use us, Father, to point people to Jesus in your precious name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Uh, if you desire prayer, we'll be here for a few moments. Please come. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.